0: is God's divine time enough. Because it can be God's will, but the time can be all. And it'll offset something that he's doing where you're supposed to be. Y'all listen to what God's saying up in here this evening. I didn't even know I would be going there, but God knew. I want us to turn to the book... <clears throat> Of Titus I'm gonna make it a point to always to the best of my ability to remember to uh, always to remember to try to find a place in the Bible that many others aren't preaching on you know they got these popular sermons that they preach as if there's nothing else in the Bible, and we're limiting our knowledge of God. So when we when we preach and we teach the edification of the Word of God soundly, what happens is is that I find people would like to add on or take off from it so that it can fit their venue. And when the Bible tells us about adding on and taking off from this Bible in the book of Revelation, he said, if you add to it I'll add these things to you. If you take from it, I'll take to your place out of the book of life. See, we have to be careful. But how can we be careful if we're ignorant of what the word says? So many of us, what we do is we pick up what we call cliches. Y'all know what cliches Amen. are. We'll pick up a cliché and it'll sound like it's biblical. Like I had to tell somebody that that's not biblical. It sounded like it was biblical until you put the microscope on it, the magnifying glass. And then it'll show you to, it's got holes all in it. You know why? Because it doesn't tell you the other side of it it just tells you the part that you want to hear but in order to get the whole story you got to see on both sides of the page titus <clears throat> chapter 2 verse 1 we're going to be talking about sound doctrine that word sound keep coming up sound doctrine which means sound teachings. Uh, Titus 2 verse 1 says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. He didn't say just speak anything, but he said, Speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. So always remember now, when you're talking to people or you're allowing people to talk to you, make sure that it's sound doctrine. Okay? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. God, I bless your holy name, and I ask right now, Lord, that you would just open up the eyes and the ears and the hearts of this, your people, our family, which which means so much to us, We ask right now, Lord, that you would just bless us and that you would just continue to keep us in the way, which I know you will. you brought us this far and you did not bring us this far to leave us. Therefore, Father, we put all our faith and trust in you and in the name of Jesus, we lift up this body before the throne and the salvation of God, may his grace and mercy be upon us at all times. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen sound doctrine, sound teaching. When we look at that word sound, we see that it means uncorrupt teaching. That word sound means healthy teaching. That word sound means safe teaching. So the word sound is uncorrupt, healthy, and safe. So whatever teachings and whatever counsel and whatever that we're receiving in or giving out, we got to make sure that it's uncorrupted, that it's healthy, that it's safe. Are you with me? Because uncorrupt, 1 Corinthians 15.33 tells us not to be deceived because evil communication corrupts good manners. Notice now, sound doctrine is uncorrupt. And then there's this thing called healthy. Sound, that word sound also talks about healthiness. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 8 tells us to trust in the Lord, to lean not to our own understanding. Be not wise in our own eyes, you know. Acknowledge Him in all our ways, and He will direct our path. You know, be not wise in our own eyes, depart from evil. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And it says that we'll have health, talking about health, and we'll have marrow in our bones. So we're talking about uncorrupt, healthy, and safe doctrine here, teachings. When we're talking about the part of safety. That's involved in sound doctors. We see that Proverbs 11.14 tells us that. In the multitude of counselors dwell safety. But what kind of counsel? It's got to be good counsel. It's got to be good counsel. I'm going to show you why it's got to be good counsel. Let's go to the book of Job. The word Job means the afflicted soul. The soul that is afflicted and in misery. Job, the 33rd chapter, and I'll be dealing with verse 14 through 33 somewhat. I'm going to kind of like slide through it, give you a synopsis of it. When you get there, if you would, would you please say amen? Amen. Here's Job, which is the soul that is afflicted and in pain. That's what Job means. I'm sure that all of us, at some point in time, maybe even now, have been afflicted and miserable within ourselves. So we can all identify with Job. Well, here's a man named Job. And like I said, it means afflicted soul that's in misery. And this man, he lost everything he had. He lost his family. He lost his possessions. He lost his servants. He lost even his help. All he had left was the misery of life. Now I'm talking about sound doctrine now sound doctrine is uncorrupted it's healthy and it's safe sound now here this man is and he was had balls all on his from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, least alone he had lost his family and his possession and everything and least alone his wife said you ought to Curse God and die. You know. But here's Job and he's sitting in sackcloth and ashes. With his head ball, And he's got these broken pieces of clay. You, you, you know these old clay bodies can get broken sometimes. You know. And and, and and here he is. He's scraping. He's scraping that pus out of those souls that have come from his soul being afflicted. So he's scraping and he's scraping and he's scraping. And then three of his friends, they see him from afar. And as they draw nearer and nearer and nearer, I'm talking about sound doctrine. Because as they come closer and closer and closer and closer to Job, they see him and they see the condition that he's in. That he's in a great despair of discomfort and grief. So what they do is, they come and they sit there with him for seven days and seven nights and did not say one word, not one word. And after that period of time, what happened was they opened their mouth. How many of y'all know that sometimes we need to just not say Amen. anything? We Amen. need to just speak quiet and pray. That's all we need to do. Because, and you know the Bible says a fool is considered wise until he opens his mouth. Did y'all know the Bible says that? You see, there were three fools that were friends of Job. They were? Three of them. But you would think that they were wise men. Because they were Joe' friends. But here they were, sitting with Joe quiet, for all that time. Then all of a sudden they started talking. And the first thing they did was they began to rail in on Job about his lifestyle. Well, Joe, you must have done something wrong God God's this to you. I mean, that's the first thing that started coming out of their mouth railing accusations against the man. They're supposed to be his friend. They're supposed to be giving him comfort. They see the man in the situation that he's in. But the first way, thing that they begin to do is to denounce Job. Well, Job, uh, you messed up somewhere, man. Well, God wouldn't do this to you if you hadn't. So you done sinned somewhere, Job. Now, come on now. And Job already in misery. And he got to sit there and listen to that. And the Bible tells us not to be too, not to, to, to rail on people too overmuch, because you can draw them over the edge in grief and cause them to really do something that they ain't got no business doing. You know, we, in other words, church, we got to know in the back of all people because we don't know the state and the condition that their mind is in. And if they have sin, then they're already being beat by it. So we have to be extremely careful on how we deal with that. So, all through these chapters, all the way up to verse 33, chapter 32. But we're in 33. This young man comes on the scene, a refreshing spirit named Elihu. Elihu means the God of him. So it was really the fresh anointing of God came upon Job to give him true counsel. Because some other jokers, they couldn't give him the right counsel. See, they were hurting him more than they were helping him. The Bible says here that Ehu comes on the scene, and he begins to talk to Job. And he says to Job, Over in 33, starting at the 14th verse, he begins to speak to Job about how God speaks to a man. He said, look here, Job. Job 33, verse 14. He said, God speaks to a man in two ways. That's basically what he says. He says, he speaks to him, one, he don't perceive it. Then he speaks to him again. He speaks to a man in two ways. The first way he speaks to a man is in a dream, when he lays upon his bed at night. If you read on down here, you'll, you'll see that. Just keep reading. He says that he speaks to him in a dream because it's at that time that he can get man full attention because he can draw man back from his purpose and draw pride, hide pride from him. You see, in other words, he can remove you from what you want to do. And then he can move the pride out of you that's involved with you wanting to do what you want to do. He said, so I'm going to talk to you in a dream. But notice that he said in verse 14 that God speaks once, yet twice, yet man perceiveth it not. That means God speaks to us, but we don't perceive what he's saying. So he goes on down through there. And he now this is the first way I'm going to speak to him. Because really what I'm trying to do is draw his soul back. Hmm. And keep him from perishing by the sword, verse 18 says. I'm trying to draw his soul back from the pit. But then, verse 19 comes into play. Because he wouldn't listen the first time. And this is the part that don't none of us want to get to. Said he places him on his sick bed in pain. You see it there? Now? now that's God speaking to us now. He said, if I can't speak to you in a dream, I'm going to speak to you in your pain. He said, I'm going to lay you on your bed. Now this is ugly what he says here. In verse 19 he said, he is chastened also with pain upon his bed and the multitude of his bones with wrong pain, so that his life abhorred bread and his soul dainty meat. His flesh is consumed away, verse 21, that it cannot be seen, and his bones that were not seen stick out. That don't sound too good, does it? He said, if I can't get you to listen one way, i got another way. To get you to listen. You see, God got a way that He gonna make all of us listen. But church today don't want to hear what God has to say. They want you to play church with them. They don't want you to talk about the severity of God. All they want you to do is talk about the goodness of God. But I'm telling you, every coin got a head and every coin got a tail on it. So the word of the Lord here says that verse 21, verse 22 says that yeah, his soul brought near unto the grave and his life to the destroyer. Hmm. You got an S on destroyer. But look at here, he says in verse 23, if there be a messenger with him mm. and it talk about. One among a thousand to show unto man his uprightness. Talking about the messenger that speaks the word of God. Then he is gracious unto him and says, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. Do you not know? Ha! Do you not know? That somebody is praying for you. That Jesus will draw you back from the pit. Do you not know it? The Bible says here that I have found a ransom. His flesh shall be fresher than a child. And he shall return to the days of his youth. The word of the Lord speaks it. Amen. word of the Lord says you will be like youth again. That you will come back. That your soul will be drawn back from the pit. That you will get a false your bed of affliction, and be like a young eagle again. Verse 26 says, he shall pray unto God, and he will be favorable unto him. And he shall see his face with joy, and he will render unto man his right. Where the Lord goes on and says, He look upon men, if any say, I have sinned and perverted that which was right, and it profited me not, He will deliver. You see what He said? If we confess to God that we have sinned and that we have perverted and it was profitable to us, if we confess it, He said, he will deliver his soul from going into the pit. And his life shall see the light. Ah. Bible says in 29. That Lord all these things work with God. oftentimes with men. The Bible says that God is merciful. And often returning unto men. But then he goes on and he says that. To bring back his soul from the pit. And to be enlightened with the light of the living. And now we're getting to the crust of the matter. The word of the Lord. Through the mouth of Elihu. The fourth man that came on the scene later. He says unto Job in verse 31. He says uh, chapter 33 Job. Verse 31 he says. Mark well. That means he said pay attention O Job. O soul that's afflicted. Hearken unto me, and hold thy peace, and I will speak. Because his friends have been giving him the mother three, had been giving him unsound doctrine all the way up. Remember now, we're talking about sound doctrine. What does the Lord says: If thou hast anything to say, then you answer me. Speak, for I desire. Look here now. Speak for our desire to justify thee. I like that. God didn't send the comforter to condemn us. He didn't send Jesus to condemn us. But through Jesus, the world might be saved. You see, I desire to justify you. I don't desire to condemn you. If not, hearken unto me and hold thy peace, and I will shall teach thee what wisdom. The first part of the teaching of wisdom is found in Second Corinthians. I'm talking about sound doctrine and the afflicted soul of man. The first teaching of wisdom is found in Second Corinthians four verse seventeen, where it says, "This light affliction, which is only for a moment, whatever you're going through, whatever we're going through, it's a light affliction, which is only for a moment, according to the word of God." Now, who report? Have you believed this light affliction, Second Corinthians four verse seventeen, which is only for a moment? Worketh in us a more eternal and exceeding way of glory. So whatever it is that we're going through, it's working out a more eternal and exceeding way of glory in us. Do you understand the church? We're going here to say in 1st, 2nd uh, Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 3 and 4, it talks about how God is the Father, he is the God of mercy and the god of all comfort, not some comfort, but all comfort second Corinthians 1 verse three and four and he comforts us, God does. He comforts us in all of our tribulation. God does he said he's the god of all comfort so whatever it is that we need comfort from, God says, I've got the comfort for. It. And then he goes on and he says now, and after he comforts us, then by the same thing that he's comforted us by, we got to comfort others who they're going through what God comforted us from. You understand me? You don't send a rabbit after a bear to talk to a bear, you send a bear. Somebody that has been through it. You don't send a book learner Through the jungle. You follow that sergeant. You follow that chief petty officer. If you're in the Navy. The one that's been through it. You got to know. That you know what you're doing. When you do it. You understand what I'm saying, church? Because you'll get somebody killed. You'll get somebody killed. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 45, 21, or 45, 25, that in the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and glorified. That's what the word of the Lord says. Isaiah 45, 25. In the Lord. Not in me, not in you, but in the Christ in us. Shall all, not some, but all of him, us be justified. And below Then let's go over here to Romans 3, 24. Romans 3, 24 talks about how we have been freely justified by grace through the redemption of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm coming out of Romans 3, 24. Justified. That word done came up in the last two scriptures. But then it came up in the last three scriptures because when you really look at it, Job he was telling Job he said look here Joe, I desire to justify you these yo, these other friends of yours over here trying to condemn you but I'm trying to my desire for you is to justify you you understand know what I'm saying see, see what we have to understand church is that when people come to disqualify us from one another, we have to stand and say, but I desire to justify you. Because people going to always come and try to disqualify where you're hearing the word of the Lord. They're going to always do that. But see, that's why you got to know what you're getting this time about. Where you can say, oh, hold oh. If you're going against where I am, then you're going against the Holy One of Israel because we're getting the Holy Word of God where we're getting. We don't have somebody just pulling stuff out the air. No. It's in the book. So really, when, when we come in cahoots with that kind of stuff, we're placing ourselves in a dangerous position with God because we're going up directly against His Word. And that's dangerous. Church, we need to know what we're doing when we're doing it. Pastor Riker, from what I heard on that C D came back through the word of the Lord in him and spoke the same thing. Even spoke about the rock, the storms, and everything else. The same thing God been speaking through this mouth here. To the point where you said he's on point. See, that's how you know that you connected with the right folk. Because everybody preaching the same message from the Lord. He talked about that storm. But did you hear what he said? If you're in position in any place where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do, storm ain't going to hit my house. Storm ain't going to hit, might be everybody else's house, but storm ain't going to hit my house. The devil is a stinking lot. Ain't gonna hit my house. Cause I'm gonna stay on my post. And do what I'm supposed to do, what God has told me to do with it. At. You ever seen a hummingbird? That's a lunatic spirit. That's that lunatic spirit the Bible talking about. That thing be everywhere. Sit down and plant yourself. Stay planted where God planted you you hear me i'm talking to this church all of y'all oh when god plants you you don't just take yourself up out of where god done planted you you got to be out of your mind think about that think about it brother you plant a plant and the next morning the plant doesn't move now you're the master What Let me get back up here before I get in trouble. Y'all know. Now what you going to do to that plan? Okay. You might, you just might get that plan a chance the first time. But listen to me, you're good church. If you come out there that next morning after you done put that joker back where it's supposed to be and it's going to move again, you gonna put the fire to? It. That's right. You gonna cut the axe already? The Bible say the axe already at the root. That's what the Bible said. You you already ready to chop it? Oh boy! Now look at Romans. I mean, look at John eight thirty one. We getting close to finishing. we not we're not gonna to be too long. John eight thirty one. Are we there? Then said Jesus to those Jews, uh-huh, those Jews which believed on Him. He said, "If ye continue in My Word, then ye are My disciples indeed." How are we his disciples indeed? If we do what? Continue in his. Not our own. That's right Todd. His word. And ye shall know the what? Truth. And the truth shall not set you free. but do. Oh boy. You got to be made the truth. You got to be made free. Not set free. Made free. Because you can be set free and choose to go back. I've done that. you got to be. Let me get back up here. Let me stay up here. I'm doing better up here. Stay out of trouble. Made free. Verse 36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free. Then ye shall be free What? indeed. Go back to Titus 2, verse 2. Because look at here. When me get back, Say amen. The word of the Lord tells us in Titus 2, verse 2, that the aged men. Now this is why we're supposed to speak sound doctrine. This is the reason why. See, this is why. See, see I've been given highly spiritual revelations. Quite some time. But now, in order to put all these highly spiritual revelations that's embedded in your soul, it's there. It's there cause you've been taught it. It's there, you don't even know what's in you. But it's there cause I done taught it. High revelation. See, you gotta know how to place it now. So in order to do that, you gotta have sound doctrine. Do you understand what I'm saying? You gotta have spiritual, practical ability. That's what, that's, that's the level of teaching that we're getting now practical knowledge so that we can take these revelatory blocks that we have and place them in the correct position. Because there ain't no need in having it if you don't have the tools and the person to do it. So the person has to be taught how to use the tools so that they can build those spiritual revelations that's been given to them. Now, the reason why you got to have sound doctrine according to this word Titus two verse two said that the aged men be what? Oh. That means they're vigilant. That means they're watching. Grave, meaning they are honorable; they can be trusted. Temperate, that means they're level headed. Sound in the faith. You know, we got too many uh, ups and downs. Leadership in the world is like like this. You got to be sound in this faith. I'm talking to men and women here. You've got to be sound in charity. You've got to have love and impatient. See, you can't get impatient. See? You can't get impatient. Just because you don't see with your natural, you gotta come out of trying to see things with your natural and start seeing it in the spirit. In order to do that, you gotta be patient. And another reason that. We've got to speak sound doctrine to one another is that the aged women likewise, right that they be in behavior as become of holiness. And that ain't a W there, that's an H. That kind of holiness. Not false accusers, not given too much wine, but teachers of good things. Why? That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, to be chaste, to be keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. And young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good work in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, which is honesty, and sincerity. Sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Talk about sound doctrine and the reason why. It's reason. Verse 11 goes on down here and he says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto what kind of men? Oh, oh man. Nobody has been left out. Everybody has seen it. But Claire says, teaching us that denying ungodliness huh, and worldly lust We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purity unto himself, a peculiar people that's zealous for good works. That's what this thing is all about. Check your fruit tree. It'll tell you what kind of works you got. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, Put them in mind, listen up, Put them, talking about put the church in mind, to be subject to principalities, which is the order of things. Got to be subject today. You just can't be a renegade. I'm giving you the word here. Put them in mind, he said. Let me remind you that there's an order to this. Put them in mind to be subject to the principality. That's the order. And the powers which are those in charge. To obey magistrate, that means to submit to the authorities and to be ready to every Good work. Mm -hmm. To speak evil of no man. To be no brawler but gentle. Showing all meekness unto all men. And you're going down through there. And you'll see why. Because we were all crazy. At some point in time or another it says. Verse 7 says that. Being justified by his grace. We should be made heirs. According to the hope. Of eternal life it's all about eternal life I am sick and I'm tired of people who can't see and understand that our home is not this home here on earth that we have and desire a better country whose builder and maker is God and where God is not a savior, Faithful say. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly. He wants me to confirm this constantly with you. Our hope in eternal life. That they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Be careful what we're doing. These things are good and profitable unto me. But then it goes on. And it tells us to avoid foolish questions and geniality and contention and strivings about the law. For they are unprofitable and vain. And a man that is a heretic. A heretic is somebody that makes a choice. But makes the wrong choice. A heretic is someone who is a divisive person here on false teachers who teach opinions and doctrines that have no biblical basis. That's a heretic. And you hear a lot of that. The Bible says that a man that is a heretic after the first and the second abomin- uh, admonition reject him. Knowing that he that is such is subverted, that means he's perverted, and sinners being condemned of himself. You see, the Bible says that once we, that word admonish means to correct, to lightly correct. Once we correct the heretic once and twice, and they still make a choice to do what they want to do, the Bible tells us to reject that person. Ain't that what the words say? Put them over to their own damn nation, like we've done many. We tried to tell them, but no, they made the choice. Did they not? Now you make your bed hard, now you lay in it. That's just the way it is. You'd rather eat briars than eat briars. When God had eaten something that's better, you know, it's a choice. It's a choice. Those who reject biblical truth and substitute their own ideas and opinion are subverted and they sin. When you find people that don't want to go with the sound doctrine, they always kind of find a curve. The words say this, but they'll try to get you over here to something that's not even valid to the subject that we're talking about. They'll try to move you from the sound doctrine. That's what they'll try to do. And we don't care. We're not going to let nobody move us from sound doctrine. Because sound doctrine is the doctrine that keeps our mind set on things above and not on things of the earth. Sound doctrine, this word tells me not to continuously and continuously and continuously speak about the same thing, but to continuously and constantly reaffirm and affirm that our hope is in eternal life. That's what it's all about with us. That's that's where we are. This eternal life with us. Y'all stand and may God bless you, Brenda. You gonna come around and you got something you wanna say to him.